Hi, everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. I am so excited that you're tuning in for today's episode with Ashley Stetz. This is a conversation I have been so excited to share with you. But before we dive in, I wanted to share a quick update as Luke and I are back in Los Angeles after a fantastic stay in Breckenridge, Colorado. We had such an awesome time in the mountains. And if you're following me on Instagram, you'll know that it snowed. It snowed while we were there. It felt like Christmas. I can't believe it's only September. This year has obviously been crazy for all of us, but after seeing the snow and now being back in LA, I am in a total time warp and I seriously need help. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, again, we're so happy to be back in Los Angeles. And of course, we are keeping our brave firefighters in mind as our state continues to fight these massive fires. Well, like I said, I am so happy to share today's episode with you. Ashley Stetz, founder of Stetz Model Management, joins me today, and she has had some incredible life changes since we recorded. Not only has her agency gone bi-coastal, now accepting models in New York City and Los Angeles, but Ashley became a mom to her beautiful daughter, Ayla. Congratulations, Ashley. We are so happy for you and your beautiful family. In this episode, we will talk about Ashley's early years in New York, her modeling career, and the beginning stages of Stets Model Management. If you have ever wanted to start your own business, become a model, or try something new, this is a conversation that will be really encouraging to you. I know you're going to love Ashley. It's truly hard not to. So here is Ashley Stets on episode 15 of How'd She Do That? Today's guest is a pioneer in the modeling industry. Originally from Toronto, Ashley Stetz began her modeling career as a fit model before founding Stetz Model Management five years ago. Stetz Model Management is a boutique modeling agency specializing in a wide range of experienced production fitting models, a diverse group of fitness models, and lifestyle models from size 0 to 3X. When Ashley isn't supporting her models and running a company, she's likely traveling or hanging out with her husband and dog, Toby. She's also stepping into a new season of life, and when you listen to this, she's likely a month, if not weeks, into motherhood with her first child. We have a lot to talk about. Ashley Stutz, welcome to How'd She Do That? Thank you so much for having me. That was such a great intro. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, well, I just, I look at your life and even the season of life that you're in right now, and I'm so happy for you. So thank you for taking the time to come and talk to me a little bit about your story. I'm so excited to hear more and get to know you. Oh my gosh, of course. No, me as well. Oh, it's so fun. And I have to say, Toby, your dog, you guys, y'all are going to have to check out Toby. He is so cute. Oh, Thank my God. You. I know. He's been loving his life out here. We, we're in Malibu. We had to relocate um, for yes. a little bit. He's just really not wanting to ever go back to New York. So he's yeah. living the life for sure. Well, it's so fun. We're actually just inland of Malibu. So I'm kind of waving at you from Agora Hills, if you know the area. 
oh, nice. I don't know the area yet. <laughs> but yes. Oh. Yeah, you, you guys really get it right over here. I mean, yes. it's going to be hard oh. in New York, that's for sure. Yes. Well, welcome, neighbor. I'm so, again, I'm so happy that you would come on. I have to say a little personal note, Ashley. I have been following you on Instagram for, I'm not entirely sure how long, but just seeing what you've done in the modeling agency, with the modeling agency, and what you've been doing just in New York and and your travels, you are so just a go-getter, and I love just the life that you've created. So again, congratulations on becoming a mom here soon, and let's just dive in. I'm really eager to hear your story. As I mentioned, you were a model and I'd love to kind of start at the beginning for my listeners. A lot of them are recent graduates. Many of them are thinking about what might be next in their career and life. And so I know you're going to give some great wisdom and insight for them, but let's start at the beginning. So you're originally from Toronto and where were you in college and what was your major? What did that season of life kind of look like? So, I mean, obviously, like many who go into college, I, I had no idea what I wanted to do, or what I wanted to study. Uh, I essentially just ended up studying a very broad uh, business kind of category um, and ended up graduating with uh, with a Bachelor of Commerce from Ryerson University in Toronto. Um, and in my last year, I ended up deciding to move to New York. My dad's from the States, so I was able to easily try out New York. And I figured, oh, you know what, if I can get a job there, I can make it anywhere kind of thing. I ended up up studying. Yeah. So like I said, I I studied marketing and my intention was to move to New York and get an entry level job and kind of work my way up that, you know, that was kind of just the way the format that was everyone was doing, you know, that right. this, is, this is kind of pre, um, you know, everyone kind of starting their own business and and making their own way. It was just that that's what you did. You went to college and you got a job in the field that you studied. So um, right. moved to New York and ended up actually working in nightlife because I was finishing my degree. I hadn't graduated yet. So I was a bartender in Toronto and I thought, oh, you know what, let me let me just, uh, you know, bartend in New York and I'll just finish my degree. And then when I'm graduated, I'll apply for jobs. And you make so much money in New York and nightlife. <laughs> so it just ended up being that I was making way, way more money in nightlife than I was in any sort of entry level job that it was, it kind of took me uh, hostage. And I, I I ended up working in nightlife for several years, uh, just kind of saving a nest egg, always thinking I would end up, you know, getting a, a quote unquote real job. Right. Um, and then that's how I also fell into fitting modeling uh, while I was working in nightlife and fitting modeling is essentially, it's a very obscure kind of area of, of modeling where yes. you have the measurements that designers require to, to fit their clothes on you. Okay. Um, so, it, it, you know, I, I just happen to have like the perfect size for measurements. Uh, you know, it's like a, a certain proportion that they look for and you make oh, wow. $150 an hour doing that. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, I'm working at night, I'm fitting modeling during the day. I'm just making six figures and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, why would I ever want to work for somebody else now? Right. So, so I ended up um, having a great career in that. I was able to end up stopping nightlife when I was making good enough money in the modeling world. Um, But what I found was the modeling industry obviously has its, its issues. Um, I had a, I had a great experience with my first agency, but then when that agency ended up uh, shutting down most of its divisions, I moved to another very big agency in New York and just had a terrible experience there. Um, essentially, you'll 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 hear this a lot, and it's kind of like a story that you, that you hear often. But just 
agencies not paying their models, um, you know, having to pay a bunch of fees just to be represented by the agency. There's a, a culture yes. of, of culture of like, you should just be grateful that you're represented by such a big agency in New York. You know, that's kind of the way right. you're meant to feel. So don't, don't question how we do things. Right. Um, and, and luckily I was at a point where I was old enough to know better. And, uh, and it got, I mean, with this particular agency, what ended up happening was I, I decided, you know, they weren't working for me. I wasn't making any money. Um, I asked them to be let, out of my contract. They mm-hmm. denied that request. Um, oh, wow. But they were like, listen, what we'll do is we will make it so that you are not charged any fees and we'll kind of take you offline because they were charging $600 a year to be on their website. That's just to be on their wow. website. Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh. So that's like kind of standard with the big agencies and, and some girls don't even make $600 in a year, you know, so you're, right. in, debt. you're in debt to the agency now yeah. um, to be on the website. So um, I ended up finding out down the road that like uh, one of my clients had reached out to them. They said I was no longer represented because I wasn't paying their fees. They were no longer like helping me get jobs. It was a, a whole mess. It was a big legal situation. Uh, luckily, it, it really did help me out. I was able to get out of my contract um, and start my own agency. I just thought, you know what? Let me let me try to do this a little differently. Let me be very model friendly. Um, let me try to address some of the things that are really wrong. And, and, you know, even if it's just a little boutique agency, like at least I'm doing my part to like try to get these girls work. And it's just been like a little, it started out as a bit, a bit of a passion project. I was still kind of fitting on my own and doing this on the side. And then yes, it just kind of became my main gig. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's amazing. And it's really cool to even hear from the very beginning, what you're kind of, ex- what you experienced was really, okay, there's a lot of holes in the industry that I love because I'm sure there were things you really enjoyed about it, but then to think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to help fix some of this. So I'm really curious because uh, many of my listeners, you know, they probably have tuned in. They may follow you on social media. They have may have followed your career and know a little bit about you, but they also might have tuned in thinking, okay, well, I, I kind of think, modeling is probably, I could be speaking just for myself, but that sounds like a dream job. I think a lot of people who don't know much about it, they're like, oh, this is it. Wow. I mean, every little girl thinks, oh, I'd love to model. And so I'm so curious because I'm not even as well, I might be a little more well-informed than my listeners, but when you say, you know, you went out and got an agency and and got set up with them, I mean, I want to go to the kind of the bare basics. What did that look like? I mean, you're working in New York and you're loving it, but you're kind of like, you know, and, and a lot of people, I'm sure, probably suggested, gosh, you could model. You could really model. What did it look like? What were the steps for you to to kind of step into those bigger agencies originally? How do you how did you even get started? What does that look like? Well, it kind of started in Toronto, to be honest. I just wasn't really making a career of it until I moved okay. to New York because the, yes. the market is quite different in Toronto. So to be honest, I started applying when I was 15 to agencies and got denied for about three years. Oh, wow. (laughs) You know, I was like thin and I was tall, but like I just was awkward and I couldn't take a picture and I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. (laughs) So when I went into these agencies, I was just like, you know, I I had no personality. It was, it was, (laughs) now that I'm on the other side of it, I can understand why nobody signed me. (laughs) But but I think so, so truly, I I think I, I got a no from, from every big agency and even every small agency in Toronto. And then when I was 18, I went back. I thought, let me just try this one more time. And that's when I ended up signing with Ford in Toronto. And, and that's when I got 
lucky because uh, they kind of pushed me in New York um, and Ford in New York is who was my first agency there. So, I mean, essentially, you know, you have to kind of be ready to hear a lot of no's and you have to be ready to put in the work. And and that's been my from being now as like the owner of an agency you know, we, we do, there have been a few times where like, we've seen a girl and she's come in and she hasn't been super confident. And, you know, we just didn't see that spark or something special and she had no photos. And so we would have had to do a lot of work. And then we, we hear back from her maybe six or seven months later, she's like done a few shoots on her own. Like these days with Instagram and whatnot, it's so easy to like do shoots with photographers who are interested in like doing for trade shoots. And she had beautiful photos and she came with more confidence and we ended up signing her. So I think it's just a matter of really like, if it's what you want to do and you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to like give it your all, then, you know, that's, that's the way to do it. And you have to just like, if one agency tells you no, then just go to another agency, go to another agency. Like there's so many great agencies out there and, and you might like somebody might not be the best fit for us, but like they could be a great fit for another, another agency. So it's just like, you have to just do your research. People, you know, we get applications all the time of people that are just like, the, all it says is I want a model. There's like no, yeah. <laughs> there's no picture. There's like nothing or like, or they send us a photo and it's like a Snapchat filter on their face. We have no idea. Oh. What they so it's, I think it's just a matter of just being really authentic and like, you know, just having common sense about your, your applications. Yeah. Oh, that's such good tips. And I'm curious too, because Ford is, for those of you who don't know, Ford is a, a very, very exclusive top agency, I would say, um, based in, yeah, based in New York. What did that look like when you got the call that they said, okay, we want to sign with you? Where were you? What were you doing? Do they call yeah. you? What is that like? I, I was with, I remember I was with my dad. So my dad, my dad was a male model back in the day. And I remember oh, one of, that's one a of the fun fact. agencies that I went to that said no to me, wanted to sign my dad. I'll never forget. Oh and, my God. And I was so upset. And I was like, dad, you better not sign with them. Like, I mean, in retrospect, I'm like, I should have just had him sign with, you. he probably could have had like a modeling career, but I was like, <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but yeah, no, I was, I, I had gotten home and of course this is back before cell phones even got, I'm really aging myself, but we got home and there was like a, you know, a voice, a voicemail on our answering machine and, uh, and they, they said they wanted to sign and I just, yeah, I was elated. It was, it was just the best. I mean, and oh it, cause of course it's like, you know, you hear no, you hear no. And then to be signed by a, a big agency is like, it was definitely, a it was definitely a, a, a big moment, but, but yeah, that's, that's, that's how I remembered it. And it really did change my life. I mean, I never would have been able to get into fit modeling. And even though fit modeling is like such a niche, weird kind of unglamorous side of modeling, it really paved the way for me to have the money to start my business. Oh, absolutely. And I think too, it's really fun. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I mean, Ashley just kind of explained a whole other realm of modeling that I think a lot of people think of the glamour and the, you know, photo shoots and the travel and, and all of this, but there's so much more kind of in the fashion industry that they actually need a human being that is the exact measurements that they are looking for. And that, I think that's not necessarily something that I would think of first, but that is so awesome. And probably, I would guess, uh, a really good way to kind of get your foot in the door and kind of get to know, okay, is this something that I love doing? Is this well, something that lucrative. I want to continue? Yeah, it's very lucrative. Like people people want to be on the cover of magazines, but those jobs pay $250. Like I, when I was on the cover of Women's Health, I was paid yeah. $250. $50. Oh <laughs> you know, my gosh. Like that I make in one hour doing a fitting, I was paid for like tra- having to travel to LA, do a full day photo shoot, being on this cover. You know, it's just like the, some of the jobs that are the most glamorous, like the fashion shows and doing runway shows and being in magazines, like 
those pay nothing. Like there's like, there's really like, like you're, you're just doing it for like the exposure for like the yes. for your book, but there's no money there. So like, you know, if you actually want to make a career out of it, then you have to, you have to be able to look into the jobs that aren't as glamorous, like right. you know, doing the catalog stuff, doing the stuff that's like e-commerce where your head is chopped off, you know, <laughs> it's like those are the jobs that you get paid the most for, but like, you know, people don't consider them as part of like, oh, well, is that even real modeling? Well, that, that, those are the ones that will pay your bill. So it's interesting. Wow. That is so interesting. That isn't that isn't something that I would have put together, but I think we're on to something because I love that you mentioned you're on the cover of Women's Health. First of all, that is so cool. But I'd love to hear, kind of as we're diving in and thinking a little bit more about your modeling career, and then I can't wait to hear more about your business now. But what are some memories? I mean, you really did have a successful modeling career as a model. What are some memories that really stand out to you? I'm talking crazy. I'm talking amazing, like wow moments. Was there ever a moment that you were like, okay, I, I think I've, I've, I've arrived. I mean, I think we have kind of those seasons and hopefully in your career, you know, you're going to continue even with your agency. Now I, I hope and believe that you're going to even have more of those memories, but what are some that you could share with my listeners that you're just like, that was so crazy and so fun. I mean, honestly, the, the women's health cover was probably the biggest. Yeah in terms of exposure for me. And I was still quite new to the New York. Like that happened pretty soon after I arrived in New York. So I thought that that was going to just catapult me into this like crazy demand. And it really didn't, to be honest. Like it, it, I, I, you know, there's no saying like why, or, you know, if there's something more that my agents could have done or I could have done, but like, it really didn't like end up becoming this big thing. It was the fitting modeling that ended up being like the most exciting for me to be honest, because I would say the longest I was with any client was the row with Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Oh, how fun. And like I was with them for about 10 years, you know, I was with them for a decade, like from the time they started their line through till just, you know, more recently. And, you know, having them in all of the meetings and like, you know, being a part of that process was, and it's funny, it's not what people would expect. Of course, like you're expecting these like photo shoot and like celebrity and like, you know, there's, there's all of that too, but the the biggest memories I have are, are being part of that process of like wow. seeing a, seeing a, a, a label and, and being, and being that the body for that label, like being able to go into a store and know that like every single one of these garments was fit on me, on my body, you know? Wow. Like, like oh my gosh. Like the coolest aspect of it for me. And, and, and maybe that'll be different for other people, but you know, seeing like that whole process from behind the scenes is, is really rewarding. Okay. That is so cool. I've never thought of that before, but you literally could go into a store and be like, these clothes were fitted from, for my body. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I've never thought of that before. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. And so specifically that was actually like you're saying that. So when you were with the row, I mean, would Ashley and Mary Kate, they would come in and they would see kind of the clothes and were they a part of that process of kind of yeah. making yeah, it really... Right. And that's what I mean. Like, and, and people would always ask me, like, oh, oh, do they actually really design the clothes? And I'm like, well, obviously they have they they have great designers, but like right. they, I would have meetings with them almost weekly where they would be a part of like the design. They would make their changes. They would be like, you know, putting it's funny, they would put it on me and then they would put it on them. And I'm like, this doesn't really make oh. sense. Like, <laughs> but it but it but still like they were part of the process. They were very hands-on and like just yeah. seeing seeing that was was very interesting and really cool. Oh, that's amazing. I there there I'm learning so much about you. This is literally so fun. So I'm thinking too, so tell me about this season because you're with Ford for quite some time. You're starting to recognize things that you're like, 
you know, this, it doesn't have to be this way. You're kind of thinking, how can I fix this? And I think that's really where any great idea comes from. It's like finding an issue that you want solved. And so you're kind of in that season of, of modeling and tell me what was the time frame? So how long were you modeling? And then when did the idea for Stets model management kind of come into fruition? And I'd love to hear kind of the beginning steps of what that looked like. I mean, I guess I was modeling for about 15 years, but it wasn't with Ford that I had the issues. It was another agency and I, I won't mention. Okay, like, good. good to clarify. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it, it, I was with them for only about a year and, and the number one, they put you in three-year contracts. So oh. that, that's the first thing that I was just like, this is crazy. I, I should be able to, after the first year, if we're not, if I'm not making money for you and you're not, you know, we're not vibing, then you shouldn't have stick me with this two, two more years of being stuck with you guys because you signed me. It just feels a little bit like imprisonment and it, and it should never feel that way, especially when like you're a young girl, like, you know, you're, you're obviously like, this is your, that was my career. Like that was my livelihood. And, and they were kind of not helping me make money. So the fact that they were telling me, sorry, no, we're not letting you have a contract. Like that was number one. Like number two, the fact that they were charging the, the $600, like every month there was a messenger fees. I'm like, who is messengering anymore these days? You know, it's wow. just like these fees just turn up out of nowhere. And, and anytime I'd go in there and be questioning or asking for money, I would be made to feel like just terrible about it. Like, like, you know, be like, wow. I was some huge inconvenience. And, and on top of that, like in terms of accounting, a lot of times the agency was not paying me when the, when the client was paying, because I would call the clients myself and get a hold of their AP, which wow. I'm sure models do. And, and, and they would tell me we paid this weeks ago and I don't know wow. why, you know, so it's just like, this is something that happens and it's, it's definitely um, not right. And they, they run it like a big business. And I don't know, I don't know exactly like who, who makes these rules, but it's, it's really unfortunate because like, like I said, these girls are relying on this money, like they put in the work. So it's just a shame that the agencies don't, don't treat them fairly. So. Right. Well, do you, would you credit? Cause I don't know that all models and I could be wrong, but or not even models. I don't know that all people, all women would have the confidence. Cause it really sounds like you were watching everything and thinking, hello, you know, I would think that a lot of women, a lot of models, a lot of people wouldn't have the the gusto or, or whatnot to kind of say, what's going on here. Do you credit that a little bit of it or any of it to kind of the experience of majoring in business? I mean, you kind of had an eye kind of like what's going on here, or do you think that's more of just who you are? Are to be aware and to kind of be on the radar looking for these things because I think this could really be under kind of skirted under the rug in your industry. I think it's a little of both, to be honest. I mean, I, I definitely think I I do have that kind of personality where I'm all over things. I mean, I I yeah. I, I, I see it from my models too. Like the, you know, there's some models that will never ask about payments and like you know they, right. they they're not on top of what they what they're owed and so it, you know I've I've seen I've seen from both sides. I think it. it really. And I encourage girls always to just make sure you're on top of you. Like this is your money. Like this, you, you know, you can't yes. just your agency. Cause listen, I, I feel like I'm really on top of it, but I miss things sometimes. Like I miss P I miss payments sometimes. It's just right. like, you know, so it's, it, it, it does take some accountability from the models too. And, um, right. and I, but, but I, I agree. I, I think that like having, like having to have taken accounting, having to have taken business and like being a little bit more business minded definitely did help. So I wouldn't say that my college degree was for nothing. Like I don't discourage people from going to college just because I never right. used my degree because right. you definitely do take aspects of it, you know, into your, into your life. That's for sure. 
Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. So you have been modeling. You're seeing all these different things. You're kind of noticing what what's going on here and that time frame of about a year. So what did it look like to step out of that? Well, I'm kind of putting words in your mouth. Did you step out of that straight into Stets Model Management? Or what was the beginning of the the idea behind Stets Model Management, kind of the inspiration behind it? I'd love to hear kind of where you were, what you were thinking, and how you made the leap to, to kind of get it started. I think I think it's like it's similar way that a lot of people start their businesses in terms of like you're you're just good at something kind of thing, you know. Like yes. I was I was one of those it was one of those things where I, I brought a lot of my friends to my agency like when I was with the bigger agencies like I would be working with a friend who was with a smaller agency and, I, and I'd bring them over to to who I was with and be like you really need to see my friend, you know. I was almost like a oh. scout and so I started a lot of my friends careers which is which was fun. Oh, that's and awesome. They would bring me their portfolios and I would redo their portfolios for them. So I always kind of had a knack for just like being like visual and like, and also I just felt that there was not a lot of people doing this in New York, like doing fitting modeling and specializing in fitting modeling. And I knew how lucrative it was. So I already had the idea of potentially starting a small agency and just representing a handful of girls initially and just seeing what happened because truly there was very little startup cost. You know, I I, I said I had the funds to start my business, but really starting an agency is like, zero. Like I, I ran it from my home for two years by myself. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like I, you know, you pay for a QuickBooks subscription and like, yeah. you know, and you just kind of like go from there. And, um, and so I, I kind of had the inkling and I started kind of working on it, but I knew I had to get out of my contract with my agency because I couldn't be represented by an agency and, and be running an agency at the same time. So right. you know, I was, I was lucky that they really screwed up <laughs> <laughs> and that they, that I was able to get out of my contract. Um, but yeah, and then and then it was just a matter of like finding the girls, and that's kind of like the funny part of the story. Yes, <laughs> like it's you know because because you you have to start asking yourself like how do you find models like yeah I, it's it's it was definitely and this is even I mean Instagram five years ago was wasn't what it was now either so right. it wasn't you could just scout on Instagram because it was still kind of in its like like newish more time but um, yes. I so essentially I was like okay well it's it's going to be girls that are actresses girls that are like fitness instructors like people that need to like kind of keep themselves looking good for their jobs but also have a very free schedule you know right so I ended up using uh like there's several casting like uh websites online so I ended up okay. just using one of these casting websites and I made a fake casting <laughs> <laughs> So I pretty much said that I was like a clothing design, like a clothing company looking for models and like, yes. like and I ended up just having a bunch of girls come to my house, oh and which my at gosh. the time was like a studio in Chelsea. Uh. Um, and I had like, I brought a friend over who like had a clipboard and like some water bottles and was like my assistant to try to make it look more professional. And like I had business cards made. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. Cause like, oh my gosh. and some of those girls still work with me now from that very first casting, which is amazing. That's awesome. When I look back at it, I'm like, how did any of these girls trust me? Like I, I literally had a studio apartment with like, a cat. Like I'd have them come into my apartment and I'd be like measuring them in my apartment and like my cat's running around and I'm like, I cannot believe that these girls signed this, this contract. <laughs> like they, you know, I was able to somehow like really sell myself and like sell what I was doing. And, yeah. and, uh, and then it kind of just grew from there. But like it, it was, it was really funny the way it started. Cause like 
I really, I had no idea, like, how am I going to find girls? Like, and you need girls before you can even reach out to clients. So it's like, that was kind of the, the starting point. And, um, and it ended up just kind of growing from there. But, but yeah, that I'll never forget that, like that very first fake casting. Yes. Oh my gosh. Poor girls. Well, and I love that some of them are still with you. I think that really speaks to your professionalism and your agency. It's really fun to hear like, yeah, I came to that first casting. And I love too, Ashley, that you're really pulling back kind of the, um, I don't know, the curtain behind, you know, what's what's behind all of this? Well, you guys, Ashley was passionate about modeling. She saw the need, she saw the holes, and she went for it. Like the thing I'm really taking away from your story is one, I kind of already could tell that this is the case, but you're so, such a go getter to kind of be thinking, okay, how can I move with this momentum of all the things I've learned, the things I'm passionate about, and go for it? And props to you for just going for it, having people come to your apartment, having your friend be the assistant. Like that's crazy. Okay, so I want to know with, with, this kind of the first casting. Okay. So I want to picture you, you're done with the casting. All the girls have left. Do you remember kind of the percentage of how many you took on? I mean, what does that process even look like when you were starting out? Did you have a girl in mind? Did you have a look in mind? Did you have a size in mind? I'd love to hear your thoughts on what were you actually looking for during that first casting and kind of the first few that you, you put together? Well, I mean, so I started the agency as just fittings. Like that's, that's the way it started. It was only fitting. So it didn't, to be honest, it didn't really matter what the girls look like. Obviously uh, when you're, when you're attractive in the modeling industry, it it helps no matter what. And, and some, and I have seen designers, even if a girl isn't exactly what they want, they'll choose the one that they think is more aesthetically in line with their, with their brand, you know, who's the designer is going to like better. So there's always that aspect, but I knew what the main sizes that were requested from, from designers. And I just kind of went after the girls that were closest to those measurements, the closest in proportion. Um, I think I ended up signing only maybe like 15 girls from that first one, like 10 to 15 girls. Um, but that was enough, you know, I just needed to have faces on my website, (laughs) you know, and, and, uh, so that's, that's kind of how it started is just like, yeah, I signed a very small handful. And then, you know, then those girls would refer some of their friends and, you know, it just kind of ended up becoming like a a bit of a snowball effect. And of course, then once you have like a social media presence and and a little bit more word of mouth, it it became a lot easier. And, And now we're at the point where we just get applications, you know, we don't even have to, we do still scout on Instagram. We do still scout, you know, right time from time from for certain sizes, but it's definitely a lot easier now. <laughs> can can you turn it off? Like when you're in LA and in New York, I feel like if I was in, in your position, I would just be looking and just like, oh, she's super cute. Oh, that would be great. Oh, that, I need that size. I mean, can you turn it off? I feel like that would just be a constant kind of fun networking element of just looking around like, oh gosh, I mean, that would be so like, fun. I feel like the handful of times that I've gone up to girls like on the subway or something, even my car, they've just been like weirded out. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've never, there's never been one girl who I've gone up to like randomly who's actually contacted me. Like, oh my gosh, you guys, what are y'all doing? You're I missing know, out. I know, but I'm like, I, I guess I can, I don't know. I guess I can understand. You know what it is too, is that, is that oftentimes I end up scouting girls that aren't particularly like model-esque, you know, maybe oh, they're right. a 1X, you know, maybe they're right. a size 14. And so right. they're, they, they might just be my my idea is that they're probably just thinking like, what is she talking about? Like, why? Yes. You know what I yes. mean? And and that's part of the thing is like it's it's tough because that's where there's a lot of holes in 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 the mm. in what we're 
looking for. Like we, we need the girls who are curvier. We need the girls who are plus size. And those aren't necessarily the girls that have, have grown up thinking I want to be a model, you know? And I think the new movement now, and you're seeing it a lot more now. And so now there are young girls who can, who are like, who can grow up saying like, doesn't matter what, what size I am, I can model. But I think that before, like when I first started the agency and, and like, you know, even it's only been in the last couple of years that we've really seen that shift, but um, I think that was part of the problem is like, you know, there, there's a, like a a real lack of, of curvier girls because they've just never even considered it. Well, that's so interesting. I would have never put that together, but what you just said, the lack of curvy, the lack of diversity perhaps is maybe because they were never told they could, or they never, you know, saw themselves represented. And so I love that your agency is really out to, you know, change that with, with fit modeling and beyond. I mean, that's really, that's so interesting that it would just be, you know, they never thought that it would be them. For sure. And like, I mean, even now with, and it started off as fitting and like, you know, and I already said, oh, it doesn't matter what they look like, but, but now it's like, I would say our curvy fitness models are our busiest models on the board. Like the girls who are, are, you know, uh, like curvy, if they're, they're, they're diverse in ethnicity. Like these are the girls, like if you look at our roster, you'll see right away, we have such a diverse looking roster of women and it's It's amazing. amazing. And it, and it was so organic and it's not like we went out saying like, we need to have this sort of look. It's just like, yeah, we, we just ended up representing a lot of like dancers and a lot of like, you know, great fitness girls and yeah. they ended up recommending their friends. And, you know, we just ended up building this, this really beautiful board. And I think it's what, what we've become known for. Oh, it's amazing. And you guys should check out her board. We'll, we'll tell you guys how to find her in a little bit, but I, I was thinking too. So let me take me back because your start, you started with fit models. And then when was it that you kind of were like, okay, and, and I'm sure you were always aware of like, okay, we've got other areas, but when did it really hit you? Or how did you begin to take on the fitness models or the lifestyle models? And right. what did that kind of look like as you dove into that realm as well? Yeah, it's so tough as a, like when you start a business as, as knowing how much do you spread yourself out? You know, how niche do you you make yourself? And that's kind of, when I started, I I thought I had a real advantage of just being into fitting models. Like if I'm just a fit model expert, then that's what I'll become known for. And, and we'll just dominate in that area. But there's a reason why there's no such thing as, as just a fit model agency in New York. They all have several divisions. It's because like, you really do need to diversify. There's, there's a lot of missed opportunity by not by not expanding. And and so right. with me, it happened more with me. It was a little <laughs> because like I had fitting models and they're called fit models in the industry. So I, but what ended up happening was I was getting fitness clients asking me for fit models because fitness models are also uh, called fit models. So yes. what, what ended up happening was they, they, I'd, I'd get a casting and they're like, we're looking for fitness models that can do yoga or whatever. And I'm, I'd end up just messaging all my girls and being like, who could do yoga? <laughs> <laughs> Like, let's just, so I started sending my like more fit fitting models on these castings. And, and then I just realized this is crazy. Like I might as, you know, I'm already, I'm already being considered a a fitness modeling agency, like unknowingly because of just the the way that, that both modeling like sides are described. And and I have a fitness background, you know, I, I, I was a fitness model, so I, I have a really strong understanding of, of the market and, and, uh, and I've done it. So I was like, this just seems like a natural kind of way to, to, to go into that. So then we started getting, we, so then we were fitting and fitness and our whole yes. slogan, we are fit. And it was just yes. fit and fitting, fitness, fitness and fitting. And then, um, and then we just started all of our, our fitness girls were just so beautiful that they were booking beauty campaigns all of a sudden. Yeah. 
know, like, so then I'm just like, oh man, okay. So, <laughs> so now it's just like, why not have, you know, girls that aren't, because what was also happening was we would, we would have girls come in to, to see us that were dropped at gorgeous, but they weren't fitness models. Like, right. and it would be painful to have to say like, we're just not yes. the right because you don't have the right measurements for fitting. You're not into fitness. So I just can't represent you. And then finally there was like, you know, a couple girls that came in and I'm like, I, I just can't say no, like we have to represent you. So we just yes. created the the lifestyle board and now we, we kind of do it all. And I, and I don't think that it's hurt us. I don't think my fear was that as we continue to expand the board into different areas that we would lose focus of our main business. But I, I really think that we've been able to keep a hold of it. So it's, it's good. Oh, it does seem to be that way. And I love what you just said, too, because there's a theme you kind of I love this, it seems about you, Ashley, but you're seeing these holes, and you're really kind of just going for it to make a change specifically. And of course, we're talking about the modeling industry. But I've experienced that as well. I I had a company that, um, you know, we were doing a certain realm of marketing, and we would have clients come in and say, Hey, can you do this? And we would say, Oh, no, we don't do that. And same with you with the, with the models. It's like, like you said, it was almost painful to let this gorgeous girl go. And you're like, I, we have to do this. So I think the the business mindset that it seems you really have honed in on is seeing not only problems, but seeing opportunity to say, I can't let this girl walk out the door. She's gorgeous. <laughs> Let's open up a lifestyle division. I think that's awesome. I think that's so cool. And like you said, I, I wouldn't think it would would hurt business at all. If anything, I think you guys are just going to continue growing. How is it, and I'm sure some of it was relationships past, but how is it that you're connecting with clients? Do they reach out to you and say, hey, Ashley, we have XYZ happening. We need XYZ. What does that kind of look like? Because you guys have worked with some amazing brands. How does that relationship work? Kind of the opposite side, because at one point you were doing just the modeling side and now you're doing all of it. Yeah. So, I mean, so obviously once you have the clients, you, or once you have the models, you need the clients. And I, I think a lot of it was just networking. You know, I, I reached out to every single client that I had ever worked with, um, reconnecting with, you know, every single contact I had. Obviously, so LinkedIn is just like, it's it's a terrible freaking platform. I hate using <laughs> it. But like, at the end of the day, that's, it's very resourceful. Like you can find out, you know, yeah. who, who has what, at what business. And so we used a lot of LinkedIn to just try to connect with people. Um, and now, you know, we have a, with things like rocket reach, you can pretty much get anyone's email. It's amazing. There's so, there's so many resources now to try to find people and just, you just kind of hunt them down, you know? (laughs) Yes. And I love that. Spread the word. And, you know, we ended up, um, we also just we, we still use those same casting uh, websites where we find production companies and casting directors and right. that's that's really what it comes down to like you know you you just need to find the right people that that are the decision makers and just get in front of them and we send out mailers we we send out email blasts you know we're we try our best to just stay in front of people we we send out you know Stets branded things that people might like to use. And yes. <laughs> so oh. it's, just, it's just been, you know, and, and listen, I've, this is all self-taught. Like they don't teach you this in business school. You right. don't, they don't tell you like, this is how you get clients, you know, you right. like, they don't teach you anything that's really, that you really need to know. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just by experience and trial and error. And, and I, I unfortunately like didn't have a mentor. I wish I did. And, mm. you know, I, I just, it's been just what's, what works. And I'm sure I've wasted a ton of money doing things that, that don't work, but, <laughs> but the things that have obviously have, have done well. And, and that's just the, the only way I can say is, has worked for us. <laughs> 
Oh, that's so good, though. That's so cool to think about. You really, like you said, trial and error. Trial and error is a great way. I mean, it's actually the only way to run a business, to figure out what works and what doesn't. And you have done so, so successfully. So it's really cool to kind of hear that side of it as well. But do you have any real um, wow moments with brands that your models have booked with or different shoots that you were just like blown away with how they came out that you just loved? Do you have any insight into kind of what that has looked like for you guys? I mean, I would say for me, one of the one of the most like amazing kind of jobs is we 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 booked a big New Balance campaign and they ended up liking one of our our models and they used her for actually two different campaigns. And the reason oh. it was so special is number one, obviously, it was a great paying job and they flew her to Hawaii and they flew her to to all these amazing like destination places. And but what made it so special is that this was a model that kind of came to us with with like nothing, you know, we, we developed her wow. from, from, you know, she had modeled when she was younger and then she had kind of given up on modeling cause she was a little bit curvier. Um, and, and we kind of found her through one of our other models on Instagram and brought her in and, and so just cool. developed her and, and to see her thrive like that and to see her book a huge campaign and have the client just love her. And then they book an, another campaign with her. And like, I'm like, you just, you feel a sense of like, I really helped do this. Like I helped to yes. make this like dream come true. I helped to to really change things for this model. And that's, that's probably like the most rewarding out of everything to know that you've been able to take someone who had maybe given up on modeling or just never thought that they could do it or, and then show them like, look at what you're capable of. Like you are a star, you know, and, and and those really, really cool moments for, for this whole process. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And to think, like you said, for her to come to you guys and to kind of grow her and be with her along the whole process is huge. Well, I think my listeners would probably hate me if I didn't ask this question, <laughs> but what would maybe we, we kind of, you know, one, two, three, what would be your top tips for a woman who's listening, maybe a young woman who really wants to kind of dive into modeling? You mentioned some of them in the beginning, kind of continuing to reach out. I mean, just don't give up, keep sending it out because you might be a great look and a great fit for one agency and maybe not another, but what would be maybe two or three kind of your top kind of uh, advice for someone who's looking to jump into, gosh, fit modeling, fitness modeling or lifestyle? Yeah, I would, I would just say, you know, it, it, it really does come down to your confidence. You know, you have to go in confident. There's, there's so many girls that, that come in that are so beautiful, but if they just don't have any confidence or personality like that, we know that that's how they're going to present themselves to clients. And mm. we need girls who really shine, even if the there's been girls even that like, maybe we weren't quite sure about their look, but their personality was just too hard to ignore. And we just oh. knew that we went over clients if they got in front of them. So I think that, you know, if, if, if you really want to pursue this, you have to make sure you go in and just like be confident, know that you got this, like when they take your digitals, you know, make sure that that shines. And, you know, cause they, every time we take, we have to take pictures in the office and those are what we usually end up basing our decision on is, wow. you know, how, how did they photograph? Were they able to move? Did they feel comfortable in front of the camera? So that's why I suggest like try to do as many shoots as you can before you start submitting yourself just to get yourself familiar with different kind of movement, what, what works for you, what angles work for you, yes. you know, how to, how to just loosen up, you know, like shoot with as many photographers as you can. Cause every photographer is going to be able to give you different direction. And so good. Even if you can come to an agency with already some photos that just show what you're capable of, it's so much less work because we can get you to work right away instead of being like, okay, well we got to figure out which photographer to put you with. We have to, you know, build you a book. It's, it's just a lot more time consuming. So 
definitely just, you know, and, and, and just cold call. Like we, we have it on our, every web, every agency website saying, you know, here's our email. You just email them be like, I'd love to come in and meet with you. Here are my photos. Just send a few pictures of that, that you look best in and, and send a few that are maybe just photos of, of you with like hardly any makeup on, you know, a really undone. Yes. That's what, that's what agencies want to see. They just want to see like what you actually look like. And luckily with Instagram these days, you can really get a sense of a girl. So I would say, make sure your Instagram's cleaned up, you know, yes. like not to have stuff on there that's too risque or yes. that an agency might kind of uh, flinch at, you know, make yes. sure you have photos on that really show your authentic self, that show your personality. Because unfortunately, that's just the way the world works now. Everyone uses Instagram to, to kind of scout right. people out. We, we'll always look at a girl's Instagram before we sign them. Oh, I love it. That's so good. You guys, if there is a Stets model that comes out of this podcast, I am going to be your number one fan. <laughs> I know. I'll have to let you know. <laughs> yes, you will. Well, I know that you have so many amazing things coming up for you. And I know one of them is adding a member to your family. And again, congratulations. Thank but you. what what is next? What is next for you? What's next for Stets model management? Is there anything we can kind of be looking forward to on the horizon? What's next for you guys? Well, I mean, I've been, we due to everything that's happening in the world right now, we are in LA, as you know. So it, it just recently, in the last two weeks became an idea of maybe we can have a presence in, in Los Angeles and on the West coast. So that's definitely yes. that, that we're looking into now. We've, we've just started to kind of scout on the West coast and connect with West coast clients. Huge. Um, you know, we're going to be out, I'll be out here personally, um, through the fall. And so I'm hoping that by, that by September, I'm able to actually meet with girls out here. I'm not quite sure what the state will be. Um, but even, even going forward into next year, I'm hoping to spend more time on the West coast. We've, we've become really attached to it out here. So (gasps) we will be by coastal. Um, one that's the goal. Oh my gosh, that's huge. Well, when you're in LA, I'll have to take you out to lunch sometime and just say thank you because this conversation, oh, it'd be so fun. This conversation has been amazing. And I know you guys have loved hearing Ashley's story. Holy cow. She really, you've really inspired me, Ashley. And I know that those listening are going to feel the same way. I always ask uh, my guests one question and it kind of stems from a book that I wrote for recent graduates, just the encouragement for people to continue networking in their career. I think it's so important. And of course, you even mention it in the conversation of keeping up with clients, cold calls, LinkedIn. I mean, that seems to be a theme for you as well. But I'd love to ask who you might know that could come on the podcast and share their how'd she do that story. I would think that my girlfriend, Jen Murdoch, would be a great person. She actually was the founder. Um, she is the founder of Lucky Honey Socks. So it's a sticky Oh, my company. gosh. Yes. Um, so they they kind of started with like the ballerina socks. And um, and now she's making socks for Urban Outfitters and um, huge, huge brands, Bandier. So um, it's oh. been really fun. Like us, we kind of grew up together in terms of being uh, like, you know, business women right. and, and she uses my models for her campaigns and, you know, ah. we do a lot of things together. So um, she's definitely a great one to, to try to connect with. Oh, thank you, Ashley. Well, you all will have to be on the lookout for that conversation because that could be so much fun. And Ashley, I know that we are going to have probably an influx of women trying to connect with you and, and just wanting to say thank you for your great wisdom today. Where can people connect with you? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can definitely check out our Instagram page. That's model management. Um, 
our website. Um, I mean, we're trying to get on TikTok, which is really interesting. Love it. <laughs> we also have a YouTube page now um, that we started with everyone staying home. We have all of our models offering recipes, workouts, skincare tips. Um, so you can find us on YouTube uh, under Stets is our channel name. Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, again, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on today. I know that I have a ton of takeaways I'm going to be thinking about and kind of incorporating into my own life and business. So thank you again. I know my listeners are going to love this conversation. And just thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Emily. Thank you. Well, we will talk soon and have fun in Malibu. Thank you. (laughs) We'll talk soon. Bye, Ashley. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. Please join us next Tuesday for a new episode. Talk to you soon.